Welcome to Darnley Cyber Cafe, your podcast for cybersecurity, IT, technology, and business news. Episode number nine. Hello, everyone. Thank you for stopping by my cafe for another great episode. In this episode today, I will be talking about hackers can steal your two-factor authentication. Now, let's talk about this. This is kind of a bold statement in some ways for me to say, hey, you know what? They can steal your authentication because you're like, whoa, wait. Isn't authentication supposed to protect us? And in some ways, yes, it's supposed to. But does it always? No. Is it foolproof? Maybe. But I want to start this podcast with a history lesson. And it's relevant, I assure you, so don't worry. This was back in 1413 BCE. Like I said, a history lesson. The For those who are not history buffs, and I will first be the one to announce that I am not, but um, interestingly, this did come up, and I want to share this with you. So back in 1413 BCE, the Greek army used a, a passphrase for uh, identification during nighttime battle and essentially what which was really kind of far ahead of their time because they use specific passphrases to identify between friend or foe uh, because you know the what they call the fog of war as you will it's a bit hard sometimes to see your enemy and you can imagine you know 14 13 bce they didn't exactly have nighttime vision so it's (laughs) it's good to understand where your friends are and where your enemies are. So you're making sure that you're slaughtering the right people, if you know what I mean. Now, with this particular instance, um, the Syracusans um, actually intercepted the code and understood the code the Greeks used for their nighttime battle. So this particular battle that happened in 1413, sorry, 413, not 1413, 413 BCE, they they used it to um, pose as Greek allies and then swiftly defeated them in its entirety. So quite honestly, they bypassed their authentication and loaded a Trojan, <laughs> to truly put it that way. And you're a geek and you're laughing. I get it. Um, but in all seriousness, this is kind of a rudimentary way of how today that hackers do steal your authentication and use that against you. It's really, it couldn't be a better example to, to share with all of you in regards to the uh, battle in 413, where the Greek army got defeated in that particular battle because of their authentication was stolen or hijacked by a third party. Now you do hear about the various cybersecurity threats that happens to 
myriad of different organizations all over the world, the, the, they always portray the next breach. It, it just seems to be a daily occurrence, doesn't it? Like, like you can turn on the TV, you can turn on the radio, you know, the internet, whatever the case may be. And you will see consistently all of the, the hacks and breaches that happens to these organizations. And this happens to well, the ones that go on the news anyways. Uh, and from someone who has dealt with small businesses, I can assure you that this happens to way more small businesses. And especially when, um, you know, in, in North America, about 95% of businesses that operate in, in North America are small businesses. So that's a pretty high percentage. And that's 95% plus of the businesses you don't hear in mainstream media that get breached. So it's an interesting stat to sit down and think about. And us in the cybersecurity field constantly remind these organizations to not to reuse or have weak passwords, employ cybersecurity best practices, and use multi-factor authentication, blah, 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 blah. Do they listen? Not really. Um, I'm not whitewashing it all here. I'm just saying most businesses don't have the backbone to implement these cybersecurity protocols because a lot of business leaders and owners make the presupposition that authentication is going to be a detriment to the operation of their businesses. And I'm here to tell you that that's not the case. A, A properly executed authentication platform for your business or not even a platform uh, best case best use whatever the case may be is better than having nothing at all and relying on your employees to have the proper cybersecurity mindset which does not end up happening at the end of the day because they're the ones who get either fished fished you name it against these various of threats that attack them you know 24 7 So how can hackers steal your authentication? Well, understand that two-factor authentication or OTP, um, which is one-time passwords, are simply not enough. Hackers use unique ways of being able to crack them. So two-factor authentication is simply now broken in, in the 21st century as of the recording of this podcast, which is in November of 2021. It's, it's two-factor authentication is no longer a useful security tool. Now, I've, I've spoken to many organizations who don't have two-factor authentication. So it's in the step in the right direction. But given the, the faults and issues that exist today with two-factor, um, I always say, well, why not just go all the way and look at multi-factor authentication instead of just keeping your eyes set on two-factor? Because what happens is a lot of people just enable this and just check off a checkbox and say, oh, this is done. But really, it comes down to assuring yourself and your organization and your employees that you're going to move forward with your authentication methodologies to, to make sure you have the right protocols the best practices in place for your business now so that you you can become resilient in, in the near future as these attacks get more sophisticated, as you are probably aware of. Now, 
as you know, many organizations, like larger organizations that you may deal with, like you know Microsoft, um, Google, Amazon, etc., they all use some form of uh, two-factor authentication or one-time password um, to be able to unlock your account. Again, it's great that they have it, but these websites need to take a step forward into multi-factor authentication because, again, and you can think of any other website out there that says you know they have. You know, two-factor authentication, um, it, it it's really does not come down to the point where because you have something means you can be complacent. You know, since two-factor authentication really is no longer, you know, um, it's, it's, it's no more proved. And, and if I believe, and correct, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, NIST, which is the National Institute of Standards and Technology, Back in 2016, 2016, they announced that the um, organization should no longer use um, one-time password authentication methods to access their infrastructure. I'm pretty sure it was back in 2016 that the NIST said that you should not be using the one-time passwords. And really that kind of... It's interesting when you think about it because this is back in 2016. Now it's 2021. I can tell you the cyber threats that existed back in those days. And yes, I'm saying back in those days, um, even though it was only a few years back, it it, it really, the, the game has changed significantly because this is how, how far advanced and, and how these variants mutate over the months and years. So if NIST is a organization that the U.S. governments, U.S. agencies actually look towards in protecting their infrastructure and, and their, their operations, um, a lot of businesses, small, medium and large organizations would also take NIST's uh, recommendations into consideration. But unfortunately, a lot of them do not. That's the initial problem. And. Really, it's it just comes down to um, what does two-factor authentication really do and, and what's its purpose? And two-factor authentication really only authenticates a device, not the individual. People have, and, and I've heard it too, people have this um, you know preconceived notion that two-factor authenticates them, but it's an illusion at the end of the day. Two-factor just really authenticates a device not really you individually. So that's kind of where, you know, to say if your device gets stolen, uh, it, you know, that device could be used against you because that person has your physical device. And it's not always just the phys- someone stealing your device. And I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but there are, there is an attack that started up a few years back that now is front and center, especially in the United States called a SIM swap S I M SIM like in your phone swap S W A P. Now this is used to target a mobile device and to switch it to a new device. Um, If you want to think about it this way, it's when let's say you go to your bank and you need to authenticate your, your bank session, for example, the bank would send your cell phone that's registered there to be able to send you that one-time password in order to log in. So if someone executes a swim swap on your specific device, 
um, their phone actually turns into your phone with your phone number. And then when the bank issues that one-time password, they would receive that one-time password and then would be able to access your bank. Now, this is not just a bank example. This can be used, you know, throughout any other um, web application or software that you may log into that uses that two-factor authentication or that um, one-time password authentication as well. So it's the same thing. It, it kind of the same thing sort of happens. So the SIM swapping is increasing in usage in the wild, and we're seeing that happen, you know, quite often now. You know, you would see, you know, a good example is. Um, you know, celebrities, politicians, stuff like that. And what would happen is they would actually use the SIM swap to to hijack this individual's device and be able to you know do whatever at that point. So the the um, another example actually is uh, Jack Dorsey. He's a CEO of Twitter. For those who don't know, but his account got hacked in August of 2019. Um, but his account was actually protected by Twitter's two-factor authentication. So it's interesting to say that because you have to understand that this is a CEO of a, you know, a large organization, especially Twitter. And if this individual's two-factor gets compromised, which I believe with that example was done by a SIM swap, uh, look how easy was it for someone to do that. And there's other examples as well. I believe Elon Musk was also... A victim to, to this as well. But um, it's just, this is how, um, if we become complacent in terms of our cybersecurity posture with ourselves individually and as an organization, little slip-ups like this can happen, especially if you're someone who has influence, someone who's a, a owner operator of, of a business, a CFO, a CTO, someone who can be easily targeted by social engineering methodologies is something you need to consider about when it comes to having the right measures in place to protect yourself and the organization you work for. Another example is um, a cryptocurrency exchange, uh, uh, Binance. Um, they had their two-factor authentication system compromised and they lost over 7,000 Bitcoin. And, and today's standard, that's you know, at that time when that happened, it was over 40 million US dollars, um, which they lost. Um, another one, uh, another example was um, uh, Cyberus, which is an Android based uh, malware, which was which it was able to intercept Google Authenticator um, in February of 2020. So again, here's another example on a mobile platform, which a malware gets run on a device which looks specifically for the two-factor authentication software that's sitting on your device and compromises that in order to access your accounts as well. Um, another malware is called TrickBot. This also bypasses two-factor authentication solutions by intercepting the one-time code. So it sits there kind of like in the middle and waits for the, the message to come through in order to intercept it. So these are things to really think about when it comes to getting a better posture in yourself and in your organization when it comes down to protecting your authentication processes. The ideal situation here is to implement a, an adaptive multi-factor authentication. 
Because truth be told, you can never rely on one authentication factor. It really kind of is, it's kind of like that idiom, um, you know, having your eggs in one basket. You cannot only have one sort of authentication methodology in order to access your infrastructure, to access your files. So you really need to have that adaptive multi-factor authentication in place. Now, anyone can do this. Um, Any individual can do this. It's it's based on a sort of a risk-based approach, and it really ensures the optimal level of authentication based on sort of like the contextual and behavioral factors. So it it really comes down to thinking about ways of how you are going to protect yourself. How are you going to protect your organization? Now, it may seem a bit daunting to some if you're not IT savvy or security savvy. I, I understand. I feel you. But we need to make more noise in the industry for these large organizations. And I know you know, most of these large organizations like, you know, Google, Amazon, and, and Microsoft are now working at ways in implementing more multi-factor authentication methodologies in their, their systems because they're getting, they're getting the uh, people knocking at their door saying, hey, you know, do we have anything better than two-factor? Because we need to have those sort of adaptive multi-factor controls in order to access our software, in order to access our infrastructure. And again, especially with the move to sort of work from home sort of perception now that most people are able to work at home uh, and not necessarily go into office. So you're a lot of people working outside that IT, um, the IT um, fort, as you will, and they're not able, the IT company or the IT department may not necessarily be able to protect them. So you want to think about this. There's different myriad of ways this can happen when it comes to two-factor authentication interception. It's it's more like your phone could be stolen, your your SMS can be your text message message can be intercepted, your text can be viewed by someone. So if you receive a text and someone's looking over your shoulder, that's also a very real thing. If you if you're not if you don't have the best situational awareness, it's good to be cognizant on the people around you who could be looking at those texts. Um, and also the verification on SMS or text message can also be spoofed. So there's different ways the hackers would implement ways to intercept your one-time password or your, your um, two-factor authentication password. So it's really something to think about while you're operating your device, like how easy it is. Like I said, someone can look over your shoulder. It's a very simple. And you're going to say, no one's going to do that. No one cares about me, blah, blah, blah. You never know. You, you need to kind of take a step back and look at it at a sort of a 40,000 foot level is what, what's your job function? What do you do? You may be a pawn in the grand scheme of things. And, and I'm sorry to say that, but you know, in, in reality is even if you are a Borg drone in your company or you're just a pawn or a figurehead, whatever the case may be, criminals don't care. They, they don't sit there and really think about, well, some do, but majority of them shotgun these things around. So they don't really think about it. They say, hey, you're working for a financial firm. You're, you're working for a hospital, whatever. No matter what your position is, that you can touch that environment in some way, shape, or form where they can continue to exploit, you know, whatever 
beauty riches there are inside that particular work environment. So again, no matter what you think about yourself and that organization, you in essence could be used for um, from hackers and, and, and cyber criminals and terrorists alike to be able to access your place of employment, your place of work. So that's why you need to be extra vigilant. And that's why business leaders need to make sure that you implement these things today and now because in the future, these attacks are only going to get more complicated. They're going to get more sophisticated. Um, there's a lot, and I'm seeing this, a lot of um, artificial intelligence is starting to call people um, on their cell phones, making it sound like a, a particular bank or institution, what have you, and and starting to spoof people in, in revealing certain information. So we are moving forward in terms of the complexities of these attacks and, and the complexities of these authentication processes. So it's it's time for us now to look beyond two-factor. Two-factor had its time. Two-factor did its job. Now, as the risk increases, so do the authentic- authentication requirements. That also has to kind of lock step in terms of increasing movement. So you need to enjoy that complexity. But again, I understand that this high level of security, a lot of businesses, again, make those presuppositions to say that it's going to be a detriment for their users' usability of their applications. And that is not the case. A properly deployed system, a properly deployed authentication platform in your organization, a multi-factor authentication platform, mind you, would actually be more of a benefit to an organization than a detriment because the the adaptive multi-factor authentication methodologies that could be implemented in that organization would actually benefit the users because they won't be having, won't be faced with a lot of resistance in terms of logging into their account. So they could try to log into something if something fails. There's different levels at play here just to make sure that individual is really authenticated because at the end, you're not just authenticating the device you're authenticating the, authenticating the person. So that's really where um, cyber criminals are trying to steal your authentication because they know a lot of people are still using A, no authentication, or B, still using two-factor authentication. Even though NIST back in 20, 2016 has announced that you know companies should not be using two-factor authentication or one-time password authentication anymore. So I hope this podcast was great. I do look forward to these future podcasts with you because I do have a um, treat for you guys for next week. So please come back on um, Tuesday to to hear one of the, the latest uh, podcasts. Um, but we're, we're changing up the, the show a bit. So I'm a bit excited to you know, show you that and uh, I won't demo it now, but, um, you know, we, we're doing a few things back here, um, to, to kind of improve the show and make it more palatable for you guys. So, well, folks, this is all the time we have for today. Thank you for stopping by Darling Cyber Cafe. I hope you enjoyed your stay. Stay tuned for our latest podcasts, like subscribe or next time bring your friend. Take care, everybody.